Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, good evening. Welcome to this week's Man of the Post as part of the World Football Index. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me this week, I've got Uberfuhrer Ross. Hello. All right? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. You had a good week? Uh, yes. I only worked two days this week and I'm on holiday till next Tuesday, so pretty good. That's living the dream, isn't it, Just What are you going to do on holiday? Absolutely nothing. I've got to look after my daughter while my wife goes on a, a two-day hen party. Oh, really? And then you'll look after your wife when she gets back? Pretty much, yeah. So, fun for <laughs> me. <laughs> and we've got a new person on the show. We've got all the way from Serie A sit-down, we've got Richard Carmen. Hey, how you guys doing? Yeah, you? I'm doing well, doing well. Good, good, good. Right, we always ask everyone when they come on this show what team they support. So, what team, you've got an Italian team, I take it, and so you're doing a Serie A show. Yes, yes, I'm an AC Milan fan. AC Milan. The good side of Milan. <laughs> <laughs> Not the dark side. <laughs> Correct. He says something when you've got Berlusconi that's the good side of Milan. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> um, we are a... Well, we, we kind of touch on all leagues around the world, but we do do a Premier League re- sort of preview every week. So if you've got a Premier League team we should be looking out for as well. Yeah, I like the, I'm a Southampton fan. Oh, are you? I am. That's your local team, isn't it, Ross? Uh, well, yeah, Portsmouth, I hate those, so yeah, welcome, you're, you're very welcome here. <laughs> Thank you for having me on then. <laughs> we got another Southampton player uh, fan on sometimes, so we'll have to get you on with him. So, Who's your favourite Southampton player? Ooh, uh, right now, I would have to say, man, um, I'm going to go with uh, Ward-Prowse. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I love his free kicks, uh, he's no David Beckham, though he thinks he is, uh, but but I like him, I think uh, he has a lot of potential to uh, become really, really good for the team, if he stays, you know, so. Yeah. He's got Liverpool for £30 million pounds written all over him. I think so. Every, every player has Liverpool written on him. <laughs> Could say Spurs as well, definitely. Yeah, this is true, this is true. Um, right, we're going to start this week about, we're going to review the Champions League games that have happened this week, um, a bit of the lower leagues of the Championship, there have been some Premier League fixtures this week, and we've got FA Cup and Premier League fixtures this weekend. Right, first of all, for the Champions League, because we've got a guest on with a Serie A knowledge, I was going to be very polite and start with uh, the Napoli game, but uh, I think events overtook us last night, and I got lots of scribbly notes written down for Barcelona 6, Paris Saint-Germain 1. Um... Luis Suarez with a goal after two minutes and an own goal from PSG. Uh, Messi, Neymar scored two. Sergi with the winner and Edinson Cavani with uh, a little sort of feeble touch of hope with a with one goal. Um, who saw this the whole way through? Who saw the highlights? I was at work. I saw it. I didn't see any of it. I just had to deal with our WhatsApp chat. <laughs> I want to say something really disgusting. Getting very <laughs> excited about the result. <laughs> Fair enough. You, you saw this, did you, Richard? 
I did. I heard it. I heard it for the first couple of minutes, and I, and I watched the rest of it. Okay. Um, if I give you my thoughts quickly, you tell me what, what you think of that as well, and, and as that the game. When the first, obviously people thought it's an impossible job. Luis Enrique himself said, "Yeah, we can score six, Though no one really believed it, and maybe he didn't believe it himself. When that goal went in after two minutes, the Luis Suarez goal, everyone kind of you kind of thought possibly. <laughs> And then it went dead till about sort of 40 minutes. And then when that goal went in just before half time, especially for the fact it was an own goal as well, that was when I thought something very special, not very special, but I thought something could be happening tonight. Um, I think that goal just before half time was the killer as far as PSG could say. What do you think? Yeah, no, well, coming to this game, a lot of people were saying PSG are going to definitely win this, win this second leg, you know, win the, win the two legs overall. I thought, you know, if any team in the world can score, the goals that you needed, it would be MSN and Barcelona. Uh, when that first goal went in, I, I said, okay, this is going to be a, this is going to be a night. They're going to push him. I don't know if they're going to win, but it's going to be close. Uh, it was quiet for a while, like you said. And when that 40th goal or the goal happened in the 40th minute, I was actually listening on the radio when I was on, on my way home, like a block away. And he scored, and the Barcelona announcer was going crazy, going nuts. And I like I I darted into the driveway, got inside, turned TV on, place was going nuts. And that was pretty much like you said. Um, that was when you saw that goal go in. You're like, this is gonna happen. This is gonna happen. Let's uh, let's keep watching here. Now turn away. Like I said, I wanted to go to the gym, but I was like, no gym time for me. I want to watch this game. Yeah, there was a Di Maria chance in the second half as well, wasn't there? Um, when someone put that last ditch tackling on him. Yeah, oof, he was close there. If he got that, that probably would have been done. But um, then again, who knows? The way Barcelona were going, I think they could have scored ten goals that night if they had to. Yeah, and of course there was the Suarez, was it or wasn't it a penalty? I think it kind of was. I actually don't think it was a penalty, but, I mean, it's football. You know, sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't. Uh, he he did a good job either way, um, and they finished off the penalty, so, I mean, you got to give it to him. I think it comes under the category I've seen them given. Yeah, yeah, more so than not, despite how yeah. we think about it. <laughs> well, because... Um, Johnny Infantino got involved today, wasn't it? Because I think people were talking about video replay. If they'd used that, then people would have seen it as a die from Suarez. And he's come out and said, well, you, it was, still would have been inconclusive. It doesn't matter how many times you look at it. And I think it was pretty similar. Have you seen this, Ross? Have you? I haven't, no, but I've seen a lot of people saying that Barca basically won themselves two penalties rather than um, rewarded them as such. Like they, they kind of bought them from the referee. Because even the BBC says uh, Neymar fell over Thomas Mounier in the box. Rather, than I thought that was a by. penalty as well. <laughs> what did you think of that one, Richard? Again, I thought that was a penalty. I thought that was definitely more of a penalty than than the Luis Suarez one. Um, you know, for, but you know, my time talking about AC Milan's my team. You know, when Milan was in Champions League and they played Barcelona every time, every year it seemed. I used to call Barcelona UEFA Lona. I would say, oh, it's a fix. It's always a fix. But, you know, I'm giving Barcelona a lot of credit on this one. I mean, maybe the first one was a fandom call. Maybe it wasn't. But uh, it's a penalty. I mean, many years didn't know what he was doing. I mean, you're in the box. You're defending. Don't be. Don't get silly like that and give away a cheap foul. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get the referee decision to make. He might make the one you don't want him to. Correct. <laughs> True. The last five minutes, PSG touched the ball four times, and three of those were to kick off. <laughs> So they couldn't Amazing. even keep the ball from kickoff. Amazing. Yeah. That's mental. Do you think this game... I mean, that statistic itself, and bearing in mind they had to, they had to kick off, so all they had to do was keep possession. Does, is this a big shout for a lot of footballers played between the ears or with defeat? A little, a little both. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, uh, I think. See, it, it, it's one of those oh. things where you, once it once it happens, you know it's happening. You can't do anything to stop it. Maybe those the, the PSG players, as soon as Messi got what the one in the eighty eighth minute, as soon as yeah. that one went in, they must, they must have just thought, oh, well, this isn't this is going to happen now. We can't do anything to stop this. Let's just get it over with. Because at eighty eight minutes, PS uh, Barcelona still needed three goals. So, yeah. I think what I'm trying to ask is, did Barcelona win this or did PSG lose this? I think PSG lost it. Any more, yeah, in more that respect. Time. Yes. Yeah? Mm. You think PSG, but you both of you think that, do you? That's what PSG are famous for, isn't it? They're like South African cricketers, aren't they? Yeah, they love this Unbelievable chokers. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. I mean, it was, it was crazy because, I mean, like you said, usually when, when, the, when the momentum starts swinging against you, it's almost like it's inevitable, it's going to happen. Yeah. But, I mean, if you have a good, solid captain or uh, a, a player who can take the guys by the reins and say, look, we gotta, we gotta hold on to this. We gotta hold on. Keep the ball. Do whatever you can. They don't. PSG are missing that leader. Um, I know they want to say Thiago Silva's leader or or whomever, but they, I think you know they were obviously missing that in those last three minutes, three minutes plus in the game. Because I mean, really, three goals in in the 80th minute. Come on, no one should be giving up that. This Not even in FIFA. Not this, even in FIFA. <laughs> this doesn't happen <laughs> if uh, Zlatan is there like, like last season. This wouldn't have happened because he would have. Personally, just taking all of them by the scruff of their necks, I think. I know you're not a fan, Chris, but he is a, a oh, leader of a team. Zlatan, Zlatan. Yeah. Look what he's done for Man United this season. He's basically kept them in sixth on his own. Yeah. yeah. So if he was American, he would have beaten Donald Trump in the election. Honestly, people would. so far at that guy's ass. <laughs> I'd have voted for him. <laughs> I'd rather rip my ticket up, I think, rather than vote for either of them. Um, Scott, what does this mean for PSG, do you think, the rest of the season? Are they going to have a massive hangover from this they are second place they're three points behind Monaco um if they got this weekend they have got this weekend they are away at Lorient who are uh they are they're bottom yeah they should should win (laughs) it's the kind of game that you would want wouldn't it I mean if you know if they got Marseille this weekend or something it'd be one thing but this could really have an effect on the rest of the season. I mean, some people say, Richard, don't they, that Roma have never gotten over the 7-1 from Bayern Munich. Yeah, and, I, and oh, we started thinking this season was a, a change from that, but it may, uh, after that Napoli game, we didn't, we're not so sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's something because, you know, a hangover effect does does exist, I believe. And you can see it with Napoli when they lost to Real Madrid in the first leg. Uh, they had a... Um, a terrible. Their very next game, they lost to Atalanta two nothing. When they really should have won that game, I think you know the way Monaco is playing. Monaco is a fantastic team, not only in France but in Europe. Um, it's going to be hard for them to to catch up to them, not only before this debacle, but even more so now. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see how they perform against Lorient. If they come away flat and lose that game, which I can actually see, because that's how bad a loss it was. Um, I can say that that title's done in French league. They've, got, they've got Nice, but breathing on the necks as well. They've same Oof. points, aren't they? Mm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. With Mario. Yeah, good old Mario. Jeez. <laughs> uh, also Wednesday night, Dortmund 4, um, Benfica 0, uh, Aboumiang with a hat-trick. I think it's the first African hat-trick in a Champions League. And Liverpool's January target, Christian Pulisic as well. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> The American won it. He is, the American won it. Yeah, indeed. Um, Tuesday night, right, what do we want to start with? Do you want to start with uh, Napoli or do you want to start with the Arsenal meltdown? <laughs> <laughs> let's, do, let's do that and then let's Richard talk about Napoli. Go on, then we'll do that, shall we? So, 
Uh, I watched the Napoli game. I didn't see all of this. I only saw bits of the Arsenal game afterwards. So it was Arsenal won by a minute five. They th- took the lead through Theo Walcott, didn't they? Um, and apparently so they were, well. yeah, they were doing okay for a little bit. And then, uh, goal star Robert Lewandowski, Iron Robin. I love Iron Robin. You know, when he retires and, yeah, is he going to <laughs> He could be. Uh, two goals from a tour of it down. That little lobby did over a spinner. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Gorgeous little goal. And then Douglas Costa as well. Um, seventh successive last 16 loss in the Champions League for Arsenal. Now, Arsene Wenger has blamed this entirely upon himself. Has he? No, he's blamed it entirely upon the referee. Why blame yourself when you can blame somebody else? <laughs> uh, he said he was proud of his team and the referee's decision disgusts him. I can see why he sent Gashoni off. Am I alone in this? No. <laughs> it was a deserved card. And he should... All the blame should fall on himself. Look at their bench. Number 33, Petr Cech, sat there doing fuck all during Champions League knockout games. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Why is Ospina starting these games? He's a good keeper, Ospina. I don't he think is. he did anything wrong. But he's not Petr Cech, is he? What Cech could Petr Cech... Cech cons- he doesn't see 10 over two games to Bayern. How many of those goals could you put down to Ospina, though? Well, I don't know. Maybe it would have been 7-2 overall in aggregate, which is slightly better than 10-2 overall. <laughs> <laughs> was it a red card to read everything? I think I can see why he did it. Yeah. Yeah, Richard? Yeah, yeah. I'm agree with you guys. Yeah? Okay. Um, I, I've got a friend who's an Arsenal fan, and all day Wednesday, every time it was 10 to the hour, I kept texting her. <laughs> <laughs> he has to go now, doesn't he? It, he's not going to walk, though. They're going to... Get rid of him at the end of the season, surely. Well, maybe you and I, Emery, could be off at the end of the season and he's got a nice little retirement in Paris for a few years. Well, yeah, the, the, the merry-go-rounds have kind of fallen perfectly for Arsenal to get Lewis Enrique as well. And Wenger yeah. gets himself another job and it, it all kind of it all plays itself out nicely. Yeah, exactly. Um, would it have been any different if the referee had given a penalty for Theo Walcott on, from the challenge by Xabi Alonso? Yeah, it would have been 10-3 overall. <laughs> there was no stop might have been Bayern. 12 3 might have been 12 3 oh yeah <laughs> yeah Bayern came out the second half looking like a completely different team they, were, they, they just wanted to humiliate Arsenal I think and they certainly did that yeah it's the 10-2 um, is the worst aggregate defeat by an English team in the Champions League um, it's also the second worst defeat ever uh, Bayern Munich have got the um, I've got the, the trophy for this. They beat Sporting Lisbon 12-1 on aggregate in 2009. Um, Bayern Munich fans are protesting. They threw toilet rolls on the pitch in protest of ticket prices. But the Arsenal fans were protesting too, weren't they? Did anybody see this? Yeah, they're always protesting, aren't they, Arsenal fans? <laughs> well, they're protesting against Wenger, but they're also protesting against themselves. There was some footage put on social media. There was a couple of lads who put a banner up. Uh, a big, they were holding a big banner up Wenger out this sort of thing and they're getting heckled by uh, some guys behind them saying you know you've got your little moment on TV you sad bunch of pricks and <laughs> and all this stuff. so they can't even agree whether they want to protest for him out or not um, did anyone have a feeling that it felt I felt a bit like an inevitable end there was yeah. some sort of, not closure but you know you can feel like something is, is coming to a close He's now going to go on the Steven Gerrard reunion uh, farewell tour, isn't he? Where he's going to play these teams for the last time and be in charge against, say, Man United for the last time and stuff like that. Yeah. There's no way he's there next year. Or maybe he is. Who knows what Arsenal will do, but... There's a contract on the table for him. That seems ludicrous, doesn't it? 
It does a little bit. I mean, we've talked about this last week a little bit because as much as you're not progressing anywhere under him, the fact that you are there at some point is all down to him as well because he's changed the whole ethos of that club. So it must be hard saying goodbye to someone like that. Well, yeah, I commented on, on um, the Pieces of Me podcast that when he brought Vieira in and Bergkamp and Henri, that it changed Arsenal. They became one of the superpowers in the English game again and... You can't argue with finishing fourth every year and get into this stage of the Champions League, but you you have to see some sort of progression. Has he replaced his back four ever? I mean, you think he inherited Adams, Dixon, Winterburn, and Bold, yeah. and David Seaman. He's, you could argue it took him until Peter Cech to replace David Seaman. Has he ever replaced those four defenders? I mean, he inherited them. Has he ever, ever had a good defence that he's built? Not really, no. I mean, Sol Campbell was a a good addition. So he always had a few errors in him, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was always liable for one, but... Yeah. The current crop are nowhere near that crop he inherited. No. Richard, do you think this had some sort of feeling of a wake or funeral or something? Or not a funeral, but you know what I mean? Something coming to an end? Yeah, I mean... I don't know what's more. I actually think when I Emery was going to be gone, you know, today. But that's I did as well. Story. Yeah, <laughs> that's another story. Um, no, yeah, I think it is inevitable. And I mean, it sucks for him that it's going to end this way. That you lose that bad. You're going to be known for this, really. Um, but no, he's a. I mean, he's a good manager. But like you said, it just it just always seemed inevitable to get fourth. That's what Arsenal's known for, right? Getting fourth. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but um, it's going to be uh, like you said, a swan song and. Say goodbye to all. It's going to be hard to change the club now because, like you said, he's instilled so much in the club since he's been there, and it's just like everything has his footprint on it. So they're going to need someone who comes in who can who's going to have to who's going to have to change the whole the whole mm. mentality of the club. It's going to be uh, interesting to see who bring, who they bring in. If he is going to go, it would be better it would be better for him to announce it now because he steals the narrative a little bit, doesn't he? Because then people will sort of realise, oh, you know, look, the people will start eulogising about him when they know he's going in the way that people do. Um, it will make his departing a whole lot easier, I think, won't it? Especially if it ends any kind of speculation as well. Yeah, he needs to just say, yeah, I'm not going to sign this new deal. My my time here is up and uh, I'm going to move on. And he needs to fully move on. He just, if he moves upstairs, that's, that's not going to help anyone. No. No, no. No, exactly. Uh, also, the Champions League on Tuesday, Napoli won Roma 3. Um, they took the lead, didn't they, Napoli? They took the lead through Dries Mertens, and he also hit the post as well. For a brief while, I thought this was going to happen as well. <laughs> Hamzit was playing out of his skin, wasn't he? And he, he almost had a shot in the first half, didn't he? Um, two goals from Sergio Ramos and one from Alvaro Morata. Um, with a deflection from Dries Mertens for one of those Ramos goals. Yeah. Ramos got I 13 thought- goals this season. It's a centre yeah. back. <laughs> it's not bad, is it? No, actually, you know what I, do, I wonder about Sergio. He's obviously a hell of a footballer, but is he a good defender? No, I think he. I think he might be the best clutch scoring defender in history. Yeah, yeah. But defending wise, much to be desired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm surprised that they don't concede more because Pepe, as well, is no sort of brazy, <laughs> is he? Pepe's atrocious. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Did you think this was going to happen, Richard, for Napoli? I mean, I thought the fir- in the first leg, I thought it was going to happen. Um, but this leg, for sure, when when uh, Merton scored and then he only hit the post right after that, I was like, oh, it's, it's definitely going to happen because we, you know, we we thought you know they were going to somehow pull a four-one victory over Real Madrid. Mm. But Sergio Ramos killed that. I mean, when that first goal went in, you're like, oh, 
okay, this is they're gonna need they're gonna need a lot more, and then he scored that second. You're like, okay, this there's no way, there's no way. Yeah. And then Juventini Morata scored. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, Italy scored, an Italian scored. Oh wait, he plays for Real Madrid. <laughs> um. Sergio Ramos, he is uh, one of three defenders to score in separate European finals. Ross, have you got any idea who the others could be? Uh, They're both British. I feel like I know this as well. Both was, British. Uh, not Rio, is it? No, way back. Oh, right, okay. Tony Adams. Way back. <laughs> way back before Tony Adams is before <laughs> my time. No idea. <laughs> Archie Gemmell and Phil Neal. <laughs> <laughs> She'll tumble you got me. Feel <laughs> <laughs> tumbleweed going across. Um, it's their seven successive Champions League winning quarterfinals for Real Madrid. Wow. And again, I felt this last season when they win it, which kind of shows what I know. But what we we're talking about with Ramos and Pepe just then, I feel this is a team that could be got at. Definitely, oh, massively. Yeah. You take, yeah, you, but you take uh, Casemiro out of there, then Ramos and Ma- uh, Pepe can get at, can be got at very easily. Yeah. Are you imagine? I don't know. Imagine Bayern Munich. They, 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 they beat Bayern Munich last year. I think they did, didn't they? Um, I believe they did. Yeah. Yeah, but you would have thought that front line of Bayern Munich with Costa, Robin, Ribery when he was fit, and Lewandowski could have taken that defence. As again, Marcelo either. I don't particularly rate. No. It seems odd that no no manager has taken on that job has replaced any of those back four. No, I, I, I mean he's club captain, isn't he, Ramos? So I imagine he wields quite a lot of political power at the club. Yeah, he's going to retire probably as a Real player, but Pepe, come on. Yeah, but what they <laughs> well, lack in defense is they have world class midfielders in, in attack, and you also got. Yeah. I think I think Zidane's very underrated coaching wise tactics. I think he he beat Sarri brilliantly in the first leg, and I mean clearly in the second. I mean I don't know how everyone. In the Napoli camp, should have known that uh, there's a couple guys that you really have to watch out and set pieces: Sergio Ramos and Ronaldo, Pepe every now and then when he's you know he's not sticking his finger up his butt. But <laughs> those are the two main guys always on headers. They have incredible leaping ability, so you got to put like three guys in each of those guys on, on set pieces, mm. and they failed to do that with, with uh, Sergio Ramos. But I mean, Zidane, he, his tactics—he seems to like the first half will play out, and he knows exactly what to do in the key moments. I mean, they won the Champions League last year. You got to give the guy credit. It's not just yeah. the team. It's just with that back four. Yeah. You you watch players when they play throughout their careers and you think, I can see them being a manager. But right. I never in a million years watched Zidane and thought, do you know what? He's a Champions League winning manager when he was playing. Yeah, I thought he was done and gone. That's it. Yeah. And then he used to turn up on the Real Madrid bench, didn't he? In a yeah. sort of suit and stuff with, sort of in the backroom staff with Fernando Hierro. And again, you would imagine, I can imagine Hierro being more of a coach or a manager than Zidane. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but you're you know right. Zidane has, you know what Zidane has though. He has that presence because everyone knows they're not going to step up and say something to him because he might get they might get headbutted. Oh yeah. So they, he has that going <laughs> against him. You know, no one's going to challenge him. <laughs> no, and I suppose when you've had Benitez as your manager, oh. and, well, I have a big soft spot for Benitez. Um, but That's when he when, was good. <laughs> he's got some. When you've had Benitez telling you how to play and you're Cristiano Ronaldo and you're thinking well what do you know you didn't even play the game professionally very much all of a sudden Zidane comes in and tells you I suppose you're going to listen a bit more aren't you yeah Yeah. even if you're Ronaldo yeah you're taking some advice from that guy I think so yeah Um, right so that's the Champions League I don't know when the draw is taking place when is the draw taking place probably the Friday after the next uh, next next week I guess is that when the second leg of the Europa League is is it 
I believe so. I have to check. Back. Yeah, I think it is next weekend. Next week is uh, third next Tuesday and Wednesday are the next legs for yeah. Juventus play, and so I believe that it would be that Friday. Normally is what it is, but don't count. Don't quote me. Okay. Um, right. That's the Champions League. Other bits and bobs of news. Um, Zabi Alonso is going to retire. Is that why your um, Skype avatar is black, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's a, no, he's a good player. I mean. I, I was I was good. a bunch of friends. I'm on the chat forum. No, he's very, very good. All right, but I was in the chat forum earlier, and people were saying, "Oh, you know, he's retiring. You know, he's a great player." I'm like, yeah, he's great at Bayern, but you know, Liverpool not so much. I'm chastising, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, he, he's a, he's a fantastic player. Great beard too. I mean, this guy got it all. He's got the looks. He's got the game. He's got the touch. Uh, who wouldn't want to be him? You know. So kudos to him. Great career. Oh, he's a phenomenal player. He's the sort of player I'd want to be. I love this yeah. tweet as well. Yeah. Lived yeah, it, it loved good. it. it Farewell, beautiful game. I'm out. Yeah. See, he would have done well in Italy as well, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Imagine him next to Marchisio or someone. Oh. Yeah. He would have been perfectly at Juventus. Yeah, Marchisio, Perlo and uh, Alonso midfield. They might have won the Champions League. Yeah, well, they still could, yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> uh, also, what have we got? Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Um, he's been banned for three games this week and Tyrone Mings for five. Yeah, have they got those the wrong way around? No, apparently, I was listening to this, because apparently they deem a stamp worse than an elbow, because an elbow, you can accidentally elbow someone, uh, whereas a stamp is like a deliberate moving down of the foot. Yeah, apart from Mings was trying to jump over Zlatan and, and someone else on the floor at the time, and Zlatan definitely went to elbow Mings in the face. Five games, Ross, is exactly the same as what Roy King got for um, destroying Alfie Ingerharland. Fucking disgusting. I thought it should have been equal bands because I thought to me they both were deliberate. Well, well you yeah. can you can argue Mings, but definitely Zlatan was you know was intentional. So I thought it should have been equal at least. Yeah, they should have at least got the equal ban. I quite enjoyed this. Is there not a case for two players where, who are quite clearly enjoying a tussle with each other? Just let them get on with it throughout the course of the game. There is, but it gets to a dangerous level. I mean, that elbow to the face looked nasty and could have been even worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love shit, Housery. Brilliant. <laughs> I've got Gattuso in my favourite ever team. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but he got his ass kicked by Joe Jordan, an old man. Yeah, but he probably wound him up to begin with, didn't he? Yeah. Why is he winding up an old Who... man for no reason? Who was it he celebrated in the face of? Do you remember that time when... Oh, it was a Champions League game, wasn't it? Yeah. Was that Christian Paulson as well? Probably. Uh... Do you remember where he sort of stood in front of them and sort of raged hard in their face, didn't he? <laughs> That's good too, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anton Griezmann has been fined 600 euros. Anybody see this? Is this for his dress? His dress, kind of. Freaking terrible top hat and uh, his freaking tight pants. <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't that, no. <laughs> uh, he scored uh, two goals in the 3-0 win over Valencia last weekend. And in one of the goals, he lifted up a T-shirt wishing happy birthday to his wife, which is against um, rules. 600 euros. 600 euros. I hope he walks into there and just throws it on the floor and walks out. Oh, he gives it to him. Yeah. Just throws him a Make it rain. Euros. Make it rain. Yeah, exactly. Makes it rain. Or even, just give him a thousand. Yeah, there's a tip for you as well. It's worth it. <laughs> and you can have them in pennies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else have we got? Uh, Bournemouth have been um, fined for an anti-doping breach. £35,000. That'll teach him. 35000 Yeah, that'll really... I'm sure it's going to make a dent in their sky money. Yeah, there you go. There's a um, there's a deterrent to dope, isn't it? Uh, for failing to ensure their whereabouts for three separate occasions. Then it's the same fine city got, but 
this fine needs to be much larger. If this is where people trot out the um, uh, the Nicholas Bentner snap. Well, yeah, that one. But Mas Mochellino, obviously convicted criminal, blah blah blah. But he got fined 250k by the FA for making illegal payments to an agent. Mm. I mean, that doesn't affect the on-field things. If you're potentially doping, that kind of can affect stuff. I, I'd imagine so. They're not very good at it, though. If that's what the case oh, no. is. <laughs> Where are they? Are they like fourth bottom or something? <laughs> um, this week, the latest FIFA rankings are out. Who's seen this? Oh, I heard about it. Didn't see it. Go on, then. Top five. Give me a guess. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Colombia. Uh, no, they're seventh. Germany. Germany are third. Argentina. Top. Uh, Spain? No, Spain are 10th. Uruguay are better than Spain. Belgium. Belgium are 5th? Uh, France. Oh, hang on. France France are... United States, just kidding. Um, (laughs) No, United United States, I had a quick look out for them, because I knew you were coming on. They're about 14th, I think. No, it's England are 14th. The United States are 30th. They're not as good as Bosnia, the United States. I agree with that. Bosnia's better than them. Croatia? Uh, no, I'll put you out of your misery. It's Brazil are in second and Chile are in fourth. So three of the top five are South American. Brazil? Yeah. <laughs> Above Germany. Above yeah. Germany. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Who is the worst team in the whole wide world? I'm looking at the rankings now. I'm going to tell you. No, I'm not. Tahiti? No. Tahiti? Uh, no, they're all right, aren't they? Well, I say all right. Tahiti are 149th. Fair play to them. It's not even you're Gibraltar in, as well. You're no. in the right sort of area, actually, geographically. Tonga? Yeah. There you go. There you go. Somalia, who haven't had a functioning government for the best part of 30 years, are better than them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, you get down the bottom, it's like a little trip around the world. You've got Gibraltar, Eritrea, Djibouti, Bahamas. <laughs> all vacation spots. Oh, yeah, all the oh, great yeah. places to go. <laughs> uh, England are 14th, um, two places behind Wales. Far too high. You hate England, don't you? Far too high. Like, like we're the 14th best team in the world football. Hang on a minute. Yeah. Bear with me one second. I will show you who England are better than in that respect then. Let's have a look. Well, we're one place above Italy, which is just wrong to begin with. That's, that's <laughs> wrong. <laughs> I may be biased, but that's wrong. We're above Holland. That's, uh, uh, they're underperforming big time. They would beat us in a one-on-one game, I think, right now. <laughs> we're better than Croatia. We're not better than Croatia, are we? No, no. Well, Egypt's are better than Holland. Yeah. Okay, I'll give, I'll give you Holland. Uh, <laughs> and Mexico. Are we better than Mexico? I suppose we could be. Ooh. Depends. They're, they're like Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. They're sometimes very good and sometimes very poor. For context, it's Sweden, hard to Sweden who we always struggle to beat, are 45th. Iceland are 23rd. Well, you... Portugal. <laughs> be wary. It's a good point. Portugal are 8th. Oh. Well, they're European champions, aren't they? Yeah. Switzerland are 11th. They're a good squad. Well, they're, they're all Kosovo anyway. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Quickest rises next year. <laughs> yeah, Kosovo should be 11th. There you go. <laughs> Swap them round. Uh, championship games this week, Ross. Yeah, Leeds did well to hang on to a point. Yeah, well, Fulham are doing right at the minute, aren't they? Fulham are sneaking up in those playoff places. Or they, well, they, they could be. Battered us. Absolutely did they? battered us, yeah, for 90 minutes. They had a goal disallowed, which was Frank Lampard levels of over the line. Remembering right. England, Germany, World Cup. Yeah. That was, didn't count. Definitely miles over the line. We scored an own goal from a long ball up from the back where their defender tried to 
tried to swing a boot in and clear it, just hook it straight out, and he just sliced off his boot, went past the keeper. And um, we didn't do much else. Uh, you've done enough so far, though, haven't you? Reading are... Uh, where are Reading? Reading? Reading are below you. So Reading drew 0-0 with Newcastle. Um, Bolton won 2 uh, Bolton, Brighton won 2 another way at Rotherham. That's my abbreviations. Sure, yeah. uh, Sheffield Wednesday drew 1-1 with Burton. Huddersfield beat Aston Villa 1-0. So Newcastle are top on 77, Brighton on 74. And then the player places you've got... Huddersfield 68, uh, Leeds 65, Reading 64, Sheffield Wednesday 62. It, those four have been there for some time, haven't they? I've got a feeling this is how it's going to end. The only one I could possibly see is Fulham swapping with Wednesday, but apart from that, yeah, the other three I think are secure, which makes me nervous to say that because we're one of those other three. But we've Oof. got Newcastle, Brighton and Reading to play, I think, in the next four games. Ooh, have you? Ooh, tough. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all on TV because obviously it's always on TV. <laughs> Do you watch much championship football, Richard? No, but I try to keep keep you know, keep tabs and see who's like who's gonna potentially come up next year and who's you know, how the, the classic teams are doing. Which yeah. I, to me in my eyes Leeds United is the classic team to me. Uh I see Estonville is way down on the table too this year. <laughs> they all thought they're gonna go back up and they're not going. That's a tough league. Arguably it's tougher to, you know, to win that than, you know, win the Premier League, so I think no, I think you're right. You're not a big team until you win the Champions League or the European Cup, then. So you're not as big a team as Forest. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had Premier League games as well this week. We had Manchester City nil, Stoke nil. Uh, City missed out on the chance to go above Spurs into second place. They're level at the moment. Um, and West Ham lost two at home to Chelsea. That even has a goal. That was a lovely little breakaway move, wasn't it? Yeah, they're pretty good, aren't they, Chelsea this year? Yeah, and give and go was nice too. He was, wasn't it? Yeah, it definitely was. Um, there's a guy I know down here who is a West Ham fan. He retired from he retired from working about a year or so ago, and he put on Facebook that he was going on the train up to London and was enjoying all the hospitality in first class. And he's an, an oldish guy with a bald head who looked exactly the same as the oldish guy with a bald head that tried to assault Eden Hazard after nah. he scored. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, it wasn't him. If it had, it'd have been magnificent. West Ham gave them a good game. I thought actually they weren't they weren't out of it. They created a lot of chances. Yeah. They could have got something out of this, I think, but it obviously left it far too late to get the one back before trying to get another. But they weren't massively outplayed, but Chelsea had 10 points clear. Yeah, Randolph they stood on his head on that match. He, he played, and a couple of saves were amazing by yeah. him. Well, top of the moment, we got Chelsea top by 10 points ahead of Spurs and Man City, then Liverpool on 52, Arsenal on 50. Um, Chelsea, Richard, Conte, Juventus. Yeah, it's, a, it's Italian love there. He's, yeah, uh, I didn't. You know, I was. I thought he would do well in England. I did not think he would do this well in England. I mean, granted, he's got a really good team with with him, you know. But um, his his tactics. I mean, he's just got that fiery passion that he'll he'll lead anybody, you know. So uh, it's good. Good on him. Good on him. We've had this discussion on here before. Every now and then, we talk about the uh, hardest managers in the Premier League, and we've talked about this. And Conte's come up before. We think he's the kind of person that if you annoy, he will smile at you, but you'll wake up one morning in about three or four months time. And he'll be stood over you with a pillow and a gun. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 He's like, he's the, he comes from the Godfather mentality. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? <laughs> well, there was the t- story about when he had a massive go at Buffon, um, as the team were on 99 points, weren't they? The week before the, season ended yeah. and he called a team meeting um, Buffon turned up late and he said oh, sorry I was sorting out the team bonuses and he nearly ripped Buffon in half 
Yeah, you don't. That's the one guy you don't want to mess with. He doesn't care about anybody. He'll just he makes sure everyone does you know, his way. You got to be on time, play by his rules. Yeah. He doesn't care who you are. He will listen to you. He made them Italy really attractive to watch actually in the Euros last summer. I thought. Mm. Oh yeah, they were a fantastic team. I, I have his. I wasn't sure how the three five two was going to work, especially with the team being so small. But they played very attractive football. Um, it was. Uh, they gave us. They gave a lot of Italian fans hope because. Uh, he was he, it was definitely attractive football that's been missing for a long time. I and mean, Cesare Prandelli pretty much, you know, made everyone start watching other other events. Because <laughs> <laughs> Italy weren't Italy weren't playing attractive football at all until Conte jumped in. So it's been oh, a, no. been a while. So little was expected of them as well. Yeah, well, that probably has something to do with it. Why why the love was so much for him? Because it was like, ah, we don't have a good team. Let, whatever happens happens. And they're like, oh, we got a team. We could have a we could possibly win it. We could possibly win it. <laughs> no, no. My favourite moment in football throughout the whole of last year was that Florenzi clearance off the line at the Euros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was fantastic. I don't even think it was sort of possible if he could, if he tried to do that again, I don't think he could do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, some fixtures around Europe coming this weekend. Uh, a small matter of the old firm derby, Celtic versus Rangers. Mm. It's not really important Ooh, anymore, is it? It's yeah. not really. It's all a foregone conclusion. Well, uh, Celtic are unbeaten, aren't they? Ridiculous. There is that to go for for Rangers, I suppose, isn't there? Yeah, but I don't know. I watched them the other week. They were terrible, and they were playing. I think I don't know who it was, but it wasn't one of the, the better Scottish teams in the league, and they just looked terrible against them. Have you watched any Scottish football? Much Scottish football on BT Sport? No, it was on Sky Sports this game. I saw. Oh, was it? Yeah, oh, it's it's the weirdest league to watch, isn't it? It is because. Rangers have massive support, but they just go to these places where no one else turns up, and it's really weird atmosphere to watch football in. They are, aren't they? And then there's either the sort of new identical stadiums that they all look like they're made out of the same Lego kit, or there's yeah. these stadiums where you know they're about a hundred years old and like two sort stands. Of- yeah, grass banks and all this sort of stuff. You can see, you can actually hear the individual little scally kids shouting and swearing down the camera and stuff, can't you? <laughs> but the quality of football is so bloody awful. I watched um, Tranmere Chester on BT Sport last week, yeah. and I'm sure the quality of football wasn't much different to what I watch on SPL. No, it's not. So that's non-league. A level apart aren't they, from everyone else yeah. in the country. Yeah, much Scottish football, Richard. Do you watch it? No, no, no. The only time I get to watch is when they're in the Champions League. You're so, not missing so, anything. No. Yeah. Well, I did. You know, I did miss that uh, Rod Stewart when he had the Scotland uh, Scotland Cup <laughs> draw when he was hammered. Yes. I did miss that. I did hear. I did see the highlights of that. So. Have you that, seen that, his in trouble season? You know. Have you seen he's in trouble again? No. For what? Uh, he was shooting a video out in the desert in Africa or something, and for a laugh, they tried to recreate an ISIS beheading video. Oh god! Oh, yeah. What the fuck is he doing? <laughs> they drunk? Were they drunk? I don't know. I think they all thought it was a jolly good laugh. Probably was drunk. Oh. You would have thought. But maybe he's still next drunk. Video, next video, they're going to shoot a rhino and take his horns. Like <laughs> <laughs> that <bloody> dentist. <laughs> uh, okay, other games around Europe this weekend. Hey, it's Juventus Milan. Ooh, we should yeah. be giving each other the stink eye, the three of us. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Suso's back. <laughs> Much needed to be back. He's uh, he's a, definitely the catalyst on, on that team. Yeah, I quite like your Milan team. It's, it's a young team, isn't it? And they're quite a good team to watch, and they're quite. It's exciting to see a team full of young players doing well. Yeah, yeah, and you have to give all credit to Vincenzo Montella. Um, the team he has brought heart to this team and fight like no we haven't had in a while. I mean, now when the team goes down early, 
you know that they're gonna they're gonna claw back and make it a game. They always do. Back in the in past few seasons, when they get a goal down, you were thinking two more, two or three more goals are gonna come in for the other team. Um, so he brought that heart back, and he's playing these young players and players like obviously Donnarumma, who everybody knows, but Locatelli, um, Calabria is having a good good season. Souza, who you know he was he was at Liverpool, so you do know you do, you guys do know him. But um, I'm Paletta. Yeah, yeah, and they're actually they're both Liverpool from Liverpool, and yeah. they're actually doing well. Paletta, we thought, was going to be haphazard, I guess, but he's actually fit pretty well with Romagnoli. Uh, but Suzo, he's been instrumental. His, they're starting to say his left foot is almost as lethal as Arjen Robin, which I think is a bit of a stretch. But <laughs> he does have the same effect where he cuts in and you know, finds either Baca or Lapadula or whoever's you know, streaking into the goal. So he's got a good little team there, and you got some vets there, savvy vets too, like Kuchka and um, Deschelio, even though yeah, I say he's a vet, he's like 24 years old. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's, it's a, a up and coming team and, you know, they don't play really well against Napoli, but every other team, they seem to rise to the challenge, uh, like Roma and Juventus. And if they win, if they do happen to somehow win, that would be three, three wins this year against Juventus, which is unheard of. I haven't seen, I haven't heard those kind of numbers in decades. No, no. Roman Yoli's a good player, isn't he? I do like him. Yeah. Oh, I think he's class. He's his favorite. His favorite. His idol growing up was uh, Nesta, and he's and he's trying to emulate his game like him. He got the same number. He's grown out his hair like mm-hmm. him. Uh, he's very, very, very classy, very smooth with the ball, much like Nesta was. Um, I'm glad to have him on the fence there. I wish he I, had a better partner to you know, help him. Yeah, I, I'm Paletta didn't really get much of a chance. Is he Italian now? Isn't he Paletta? Yeah, he was yeah. Argentinian for us. <laughs> it depends on who depends on who's better in the in the FIFA rankings. <laughs> it's already going. No, worse. Let's just say worse to so get a better <laughs> chance to play. I um I felt a little sorry for Mihailovic when he went last season because he got you to the Italian Cup final, didn't he? Copper Italia final. Yeah, yeah. No, I think he was just he's he's very hard on his players, and I think you know especially with young team, it's going to be hard for them to to respond to him very well. Even with Torino, you can see that you know they're at the beginning they played very well, and then now they're. They're starting to fall back just because I think his he's too too harsh on them and it works with the veteran players but not so much the younger team you know it's it's, it's kind of like when you're when you're managing it's just with the new generation it's all about how you how you manage them in their way that they're going to understand the old ways of yelling at them is not always going to be the best way um, yeah. you know but I I liked him I like you know I I, lo- I like Seedorf I like Inzaghi and I hope they become managers someday but they didn't, they also didn't get their fair share at, at Milan so. You know, it's kind of glad that Berlusconi is going, you know, hopefully going away. We don't know what the sales, where it's going to go. But, uh, if he does go, it'll be better for stability as far as manager managers goes because they'll have more than six months, I guess, you know, to, to show what they got. Yeah, I mean, tomorrow night the game is at the Aventus Stadium, so it'll be nice for uh, Donnarumma to see um, see his surroundings for a season and a half's time. <laughs> you say that, and you got Gavin who says he's going to Barcelona. I Honestly, he's got 18 months left in that contract, doesn't he? Yeah, I, it, I, I can see you selling in this summer. Uh, I hope not. It all depends, really, on what Milan does. Well, well first, what happens with the sale? That's big, because uh, Mino Raiolo, you know, he's he he'll keep him there as long as it sees that the the product is improving and they're going to become Champion League material. Because if not, he'll take him to somewhere that's going to be a winner. He doesn't care if that. He doesn't care if Donnarumma's favorite team is AC Milan. He's going to put take him where his players are going to get the most money and the best chance to win. Uh, so unless Milan can start showing that they 
have that ability to one get to Champions League first. Got to get Europa League, but then they get a Champions League and become a, a contender not only for Scudetto but also Champions League and all kinds of trophies. If they don't show that, he's going to be gone, um, and it will be to one of the one of the big clubs in the world, whether it's Juventus, Barcelona, um, Chelsea, I mean, who knows? I I just hope he stays there, you know. So it will be interesting. Go on, Ross. You are. We imagine you've been the AC Milan owner, right? He Donnarumma probably at the moment is the biggest asset they've got at the club. He's got 18 months left on this contract. Yeah. Do you keep him for another season or uh, and, and sort of risk him going on a free, or do you sell him in the summer and cash him while you can? Um, I didn't. I don't want to ask Richard that question because I know what the answer will be. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I offer him the world to stay and be our keeper for for his entire career, but Good that's answer. not. That's not going to happen because Raul is his agent. Uh, no, unfortunately. Yeah, I think you, you probably have to cash in, don't you? I would have thought so, being a logical thing. Because, I mean, wh- what do you think he's going to be worth on the market? Well, what's the... 100 mil. Yeah? <laughs> what, what... <laughs> with, with a year left. <laughs> what are the quoted figures that we don't tend to see for David De Gea normally? They're around uh... 30, 40, aren't they? There's something like that. So, you know, something similar, maybe. It seems, it seems them, because the, the the value of keepers is so so much lower than it is for strikers, but they're just equally as important, if not more so. That if you've got a terrible one, you're going to lose a lot of games. If you've got a brilliant one, you're going to win more than you don't. Well, me and you are both fully paid at members of the goalkeepers' union, aren't <laughs> exactly, we? So. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny you were bringing up De Gea. You know, I, I think Manuel Neuer, Buffon, they're class world keepers. Yeah. I've always thought De Gea was a bit overrated because he's at United. Though this last season and the season before, I've, I've started to come full circle. I'm starting to think he's a really good, very good goaltender. But I thought for many years that you know, just because he's at United, they're, they're, they're labeling him as a, you know the uh, a, a great goalkeeper. I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. But I'm starting to come full circle now. Now, now, do I think, what did you say, he's worth like 35, 40, 40 pounds, 35 million pounds? I would think something like Donnarumma, who's got potential through the roof, would be a lot more than that. Now, is he Emmanuel Neuer type money? I don't know. Uh, I guess uh, it depends on what's out there in the market. I mean, what other goaltenders are, are out there that are better? Well, there's not, and that, exactly, you've got to get someone to replace him. He lives in a convent, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe... I heard he lives in a convent with one of the other the younger players, like Locatelli or somebody, because the convent's near the ground and um, uh, they, can, they, you know, they know he's being well looked after. My, dad, could... my dad went to a Catholic school and he said that the best footballers he's ever met were nuns. <laughs> <laughs> Most brutal footballers he ever met were nuns as well. Many red cards from them, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Take your legs out. So how do you reckon it's going to go tomorrow? What is it? Is it twenty nine thirty wins at home in a row for Juve? Is it going to break? Ooh. Logic says that Juve's win streak is going to stay intact until maybe they go to like a Champions League and they have like a Bayern or a, a big team that comes there. And that's when it's really going to be risky. But the way Milan has been playing against most of Syria, they seem to play up to their to their to their talent. Um, it'll be a tall task. I think it'll be a lot closer than Juventini fans want and the world thinks. But I do ultimately think Juventus is going to keep the streak alive. And who's the coolest footballer, Marchisio or De Rossi? The coolest? Yeah. Ooh. They both look cool as anything, don't they? I mean, De Rossi's got that beard and Marchisio, he's got Marchisio's the Marchisio's got a beard as well, hasn't he? Yeah, it's not as good as De Rossi. Come on. I know. <laughs> it, it's more subtle, but it suits him as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I like I like Marquezio. I I've always liked Marquezio. He's a he's a fantastic player and he's so smooth in the game. 
Um, De Rossi is he's 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 the kind of guy that Roma wanted. You know, the way Nyangalan is playing right now, that's how they thought De Rossi was going to be. Yeah. Um, he never he never came up to the expectations that they had. Uh, but Marquisio is fantastic. He was a fantastic player, still is a fantastic player. It's just hard to get in that midfield with who they have there. Yeah, indeed. Um, also this weekend in uh, sorry, a couple of other standout games. You've got Inter versus Atlanta and Lazio versus Torino. They're probably the two I sort of picked out. Um, do you want to comment on any of those, either of you? Oof. Torino. Torino's, oh, Lazio's a fantastic team. Simone Inzaghi should, should get definitely manager of the year you know, in the top two right there because he's doing a fantastic job with Lazio. Uh, yeah. But Torino, I mean, as bad as, you know, as bad as they're dropping points, um, they're, you know, they should be definitely in that top six fight, and they're not. They're fun to watch, though, aren't they? Because you never know Belotti, when Torino's going to turn up. Belotti is a fantastic player. I mean, he can score. So, so can Chiro Immobile. He's, he's yeah. a fantastic too. Yeah. But Belotti, you know, we've been discussing, is, is he, is this form or is this class? And it's hard to tell because right now it looks like class. Um, he's just getting hat tricks left and right. He's scoring goals. He's leading the league now in goals. Um, he's only, what, 22 years old, 23 years old. Uh, and I know a lot of teams are going to come after this this uh, this summer. And I know that their owner said that you know any team outside of Italy is going to have to pay over 100 million euros for him because uh, they want to try to keep him in Italy or whatnot. But uh, that's going to be a fun game. It should be plenty of goals in that game. Mm. And then the other game, Inter Atalanta. You know, Inter has a fantastic team. It's it's hard for me to say that as a Milanista, but uh, they do. Their their team is their team on paper is far superior than Milan's in my in my eyes. Um, and they're they're actually starting now to play well under Pioli. Uh, Atalanta though, don't overlook them. They they keep it close to everybody. They are a fun team to you know. Giampiero Gasparini uh, has got this team playing well past their potential. They're they're like the Cinderella this year. They're not quite Leicester City because they're not near the Scudetto race, but uh, they're kind of like Ibar in a way. It's tricky when you've got uh, Juve at the top of the tree, though, isn't it? To have a Leicester. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shame in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the Bundesliga it, Dortmund in third place versus fifth place Hertha Berlin um, Hertha Berlin Ross every time I think of them do you remember when Brian Roy joined Hertha uh, when he left Forest yeah yeah the headline in the sun was um, Brian goes for a Hertha kit <laughs> lovely um, yeah RB Leipzig are playing Wolfsburg uh, Wolfsburg are a lot further down than I thought yeah having a terrible season actually 16th in a minute yeah, and then in Ligue 1, you got Monaco in first versus Bordeaux in fifth. Um, but you kind of think Monaco got and signed up. Uh, there's some Premier League games going on this weekend. There's the FA Cup, but there's also some Premier League games going on. This is the time of year when you start getting those fixtures creeping back again, isn't it? When the, Even though you've got the FA Cup going on. Um, Hull versus Swansea. Are we still calling this as a relegation battle? Or a relegation six-pointer? Or Swansea are... Where are they? They are fifth bottom. They are five points clear of the relegation zone. Hull are 19th place, four points off of safety. They've both had that new manager lift, haven't they? And yeah. To a certain degree, well, Swansea's definitely been more more so than Hull. But it, it, I suppose it is technically still a relegation six-pointer, but a win for Swansea, and it kind of would see Ends them there. very safe. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, they could go as high as fourteenth, can't yeah. they? Because there's three teams on twenty-seven points: them, Leicester, and Bournemouth. Mm. Um, Swansea's men for a crisis from Juventus. Richard Fernando yeah. Lorente. Yeah, yeah. He's a green two. He's a he's. I've always liked him as a player. I didn't think he got his fair share at you know Juventus, but 
with, those, with those light-colored eyes. He knows how to put the, put the ball in the net. <laughs> I mean, these guys are getting their second chance coming into these uh, Premier League clubs, and they're taking advantage of it. And they show that they still got it, which is great to see. Yeah, I've heard you guys on your pod quite a few times be uh, very generous towards the Premier League, saying how you need these Italian players or Italian-based <laughs> players going over to help out. <laughs> we do. We need more what? Italian players. Premier League. I would never do that. <laughs> yeah, your Gabbiadini chats the last couple of weeks. All right, Serie A rejects <laughs> blossoming in, in England. <laughs> I don't recall saying that. <laughs> <laughs> these teams are the two teams that conceded the most goals in the last half an hour of a Premier League game uh, this season. Hull conceded 28, Swansea conceded 27 goals. They've both got the worst uh, goals against in the league as well so you're saying we should tune in about the 60th minute and, and, and watch that <laughs> yeah a, you a could nil nil board draw <laughs> <laughs> uh well speaking of nil nil board draws everton versus west brom in the steve watson derby oh, um <laughs> west brom are unbeaten in three visits at everton uh and four con- here we go four consecutive clean sheets away nil nil it's gonna be a war of attrition this is, isn't it it is it's tony pulis is 300th premier league game as a manager Wow. Hmm. Well, please, Tony Pulis, aren't we? I kind of like Tony Pulis. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I could just quite like I, him. I like you in the same way as I'd like to spend a weekend in downtown Baghdad. <laughs> <laughs> really? You like Tony Pulis? He's effective, isn't he? I like, oh, I like efficiency from my managers, and he doesn't go down and... He has West Brom are playing pretty well this year, and the fact that one of their, their top scorers is Gareth McCauley, I think, who's the centre back. Yeah, he's my fantasy team pick, <laughs> and they often play four centre backs across the back four. That's brilliant. Oh, brilliant! I can't wait to see a team of four centre backs across the back four, and then two centre backs <laughs> as defensive midfielders as well. <laughs> Bloody hell! Really? Is that, that's your what's wrong. Your you are everything is what's wrong with English football. <laughs> <laughs> um. Right, okay, we're going from... Okay, how do you think both that's going to go? Actually, I was going to go to the next game, but none of you have given me your prediction. How do you think it's going to go? Everton. Yeah? Uh, Everton, yeah. Kaku back at his old stomping ground. Well, no, he's at home, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, Bournemouth versus West Ham. Um, Bournemouth have drawn one and lost four. West Ham have won one out there last five. Uh, Bournemouth have never won a home Premier League game against the London team. I really think these... Bournemouth, I think, could be in danger of sneaking into this. You know, every year, Ross, there's always a mid-table team that end up sort of getting Plumity. caught up in it. Yeah, like Blackpool or Hull or yeah. Norwich that time. Remember in 95 when they were sort of yeah. mid-table and then they went down? Do you remember Millwall when they were top at Christmas and got relegated from the Championship? I, I feel like I should remember that, but I don't. It wasn't a long time ago. It was about sort of 10, 15 years ago, but yeah. Oh, right. I say that, it's probably yeah, it's a long time. Actually, I wish I remember that. <clears throat> Yeah, um, yeah. I think Bournemouth are in danger of being sucked into all this. I think they are. Their form is terrible at the minute, and mm. although West Ham's recent form doesn't suggest they're playing <clears> well, they are playing pretty well. And considering the start of the season they had, to be in mid-table the, now, and the way they looked against Chelsea, yeah, it's, it's encouraging. Even though they lost that mm. game, um, they you got to give them the, the advantage in this game. Yeah, definitely. West Ham who nearly had Carlos Backer playing for them. Very close. He didn't want to go there, obviously. Go I think he's the one to turn that down. Yeah. Where would you rather live, East London or Milan? <laughs> tough, 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 tough decision. Yeah. I mean, it does come into a lot of it, doesn't it? Roy Keane, when he was a Sunderland manager, said he couldn't attract players because the families all wanted to live in London. And yeah, can't blame him. I can't blame him. Bloody, I'd rather live in Milan than London. It's like when people say Rooney's going to go to China. No, he's not. He's got th- three young kids 
all fairly settled in Manchester. Why would he want to go and leave them and go and live in China for a bit? Exactly. But then you go to the other degree and you've got... Zlatan. How many clubs does Latam play for? Ten clubs, do you reckon? Yeah. Uh, yeah, around there. Roughly, yeah. And so his family must have uprooted an awful lot. Because Latin rules. Zlatan, what Zlatan says, Zlatan ha- does, yeah, you know. They don't have a choice. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm going to go... I'm, I'm going to go for a draw for this one. How do you guys reckon it's going to go? So I'm just looking at Zlatan's teams. The, the, the teams, the places he's lived, though. Juventus, yeah. uh, Milan, Barcelona, Milan, Paris. Manchester's slightly worse of all of those, but, you know, it's hardly like the, the dregs of the world footballing. Uh, Malmo, next is LA. Next is LA. Yeah, Malmo exactly. and... Well, he'd have been in Amsterdam, wouldn't he? And, uh, Ajax, yeah. yeah, not bad, all those places. Yeah, he's moved around a lot. I mean, it's a lot of rooting and moving your kids from schools and stuff, isn't it? True, yeah. I mean, he's no Trevor Benjamin. Remember how many clubs he must have had? About 18, I think. In one. <laughs> yeah. About three seasons. <laughs> what game are we talking about? Uh, oh, sorry, we're talking about Bournemouth-West Ham. <laughs> I think it's going to be a draw. Bournemouth-West Ham. Uh, uh, West Ham away? Yes. Away win. Ooh, Richard? 2-1 West Ham. <clears throat> 2-1 West Ham. Okay. Uh, also, the FA Cup this weekend. I was going to ask you this, Richard. Um, every time the FA Cup comes around, two people talk about in this country people talk about the magic of the cup or the romance of the cup so you've got the small teams versus the big teams and how it's the greatest club competition um cup competition in the world and people from all around the world watch it is this true ah uh, because people in this country don't watch it yeah they watch it when if it's okay if, it, if you're down to like the semi-finals and you have four big clubs or three big clubs in the small club or i mean it, when it, they'll start watching around the semi-finals you know, before that, they don't really watch unless it's unless it's a big game early on. You know, yeah, like a you know Chelsea United early in the, in the one of the early rounds, or or there's a potential. Well, if there's an upset in the early rounds by a small club on a big club, then people will start watching for the next game, the next game to see how it goes. But other than that, I don't think it's watched as much. Um, you- it's great that it's great that the love is there for the for the the local league. I mean, for the Championship League, the FA Cup, because I wish you know Serie A took their Coppa Italia more more seriously because they don't. Um, obviously, places like Bundesliga, they love their Deutsche Pokal. England loves FA Cup, but some of these other other, other leagues, they don't they don't like their their league cups as much uh, for some reason. I don't know. I don't like two legged semi finals. I think you Copper Italia loses out there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and um, we've got Middlesbrough versus Manchester City, Arsenal versus Lincoln, uh, Chelsea versus Manchester United in the Veron Derby, um, <laughs> and Spurs versus Millwall. This is the Ben Thatcher, and of course the Harry Kane Derby as well. Game of the round, that is. Spurs Millwall. Yeah, definitely. God, do you know what? You might be right because they struggled against Wickham, didn't they? And Millwall. They don't give a shit uh, about where, where you're from or what division you're in. They're just going to no. play their game, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Ten men against Leicester, still attacking in the 95th minute and scored the winner. Yeah. Millwall are the team, Richard, in this country that uh, most people dislike and they're quite happy about the fact they dislike so much. <laughs> <laughs> they don't well, have a... The only reason I know Millwall is because of freaking the movie like Green Street Hooligans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't have a chant, do they, Ross? They just do this hum all the way through, don't oh, they? God, it's the most annoying thing ever. They basically say wall for as long as they possibly can, and it, is the mo- it drives you insane. Is it like a Vuvuzela? You remember that from the South Africa World yes. Cup? Yes. Imagine yeah. <laughs> 20,000 people all shouting at once, wall, like that. Oh, my God. Oh. Gosh. And it literally goes on all game. They don't stop doing it. It must be quite intimidating if it you're is. a player. Well, even as an opposition fan, it's a fucking terrifying place to go. Have you been? Yeah. 
Is it, have you? What was that like? As a, as a Leeds fan at Millwall, what was that like? Well, I, I thankfully didn't come down with the Leeds fans. I came up from the south to Millwall, so I kind of got away um, of my own on my own way. But yeah, it, it's terrifying M- mixing with because there's a certain rivalry there as well between Leeds and Millwall. And I've also seen Millwall away at the um, at St Mary's, not St Mary's. What's it called? The Dell. The Dell. No, what's it called? The new stadium. Is it St Mary's? Yeah. Yeah. What's all about? Why does it stroke? What's going on? St Mary's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They they're away and they had to have a, a police escort from the train station all the way into the ground. Um, oh, I've had that. Like single line, uh, single file tr- uh, people. That was brilliant. I trip. did that. <laughs> I went from the city ground in Nottingham with all the Leicester City fans to the train station and we were all walking in single file and we got police either side of us and we got forest fans chucking things at us. It was fantastic. And then you get ushered onto this train and there's about 300 yeah. people on this train where there's probably only room for half that and you get the police sat with you. Ah, brilliant fun. <laughs> it just reminded me of a school trip because they're all single file. Yeah. That's why holding hands with the person in front and behind them. So when hey, you... When when you're- Oh, I was oh. say, when you were in Millwall, were you wearing a kit? A Leeds kit? Yeah, I was going to ask that question. Oh, God, no, you don't wear colours. No. Oh, you're smart. Yeah. I did, a bit different. I saw QPR versus Coventry, and it was a relegation battle. Uh, and the only way I could get a ticket was... I've got two teams, Richard, by the way, Liverpool and QPR. Um, and the only way I could get a ticket was to sit with a Coventry fan. So I wore my QPR shirt, <laughs> but with my coat buttoned up. And I was getting away with it till... QPR one goal down and um, we scored and I jumped up and cheered and the goal was disallowed <laughs> and I had 10,000 Coventry fans pointing at me and laughing <laughs> I went to Leeds Leeds Portsmouth at Fratton Park a few years back and sat with the Pompey fans and I wore my Leeds shirt because I'm not afraid of Pompey fans and uh, I celebrated when we scored and got lots and lots of abuse from children basically kids children yeah <laughs> shouting all sorts of things and shouting some absolutely abhorrent things at Max Gradle and uh, some of our other black players oh really yeah disgusting oh you don't want that no not at all uh, so go on there. are we going to get an upset this Spurs Millwall I think we could yeah because Spurs are going for the league aren't they as much as they're, they're 10 points behind Chelsea they've still got to go for it they yeah. can't kind of take any games off I think no, you know take what, them over. You know what could be an upset, maybe? Lincoln over Arsenal. Oh, yes. Imagine <laughs> that. <laughs> um, well, Lincoln, they're top of the Vanarama uh, conference, aren't they? Yeah, they're playing well as well. Yeah, they're doing all right, aren't they? Uh, should be interesting. I'm going to watch that one. <laughs> oh, this game, that's the magic of the cup. There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> Who needs Chelsea versus Manchester United? On a Monday night as well. Someone did tweet, because people are complaining that Manchester United have been on the TV in the Cup for the last 55 games that in a row. That is fucking ludicrous. Like <laughs> Someone said, imagine if they didn't put this one on the telly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put Man-, Man City and Middlesbrough on the box instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it ludicrous? Because a lot of those games have been absolutely terrible games. Yeah, they're Wigan at home this Blackburn season. as well, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Wigan at home this season they were on as well. Yeah. They must have some sort of contract because there's no reason to get every single game on TV for the past what that must be going back for some seasons now fifty odd games. Yeah, uh, yeah. Apart from the fact they're probably the best supported club. Uh, yeah. Still, so you're guaranteed viewers, aren't you? Yeah, but 
I mean, there's fans of other clubs as well. There are. There are indeed. <laughs> I mean, I'm speaking as a Leeds fan who've been on TV 20 times this season, but still. <laughs> you talk about United being on TV. You know, you know like, I tell you what rubs me wrong about Champions League in the, in the States here mm-hmm. is that you could have a fantastic match. You could have, say, uh, Barcelona against Dortmund or something, and then you'd have United against Ghent. And Fox mm-hmm. Sports are going to show United, <laughs> United versus Ghent over Barcelona and Dortmund, you're like, what? Why? I get it because a lot of the English speakers is easier for the language and stuff. You got a lot of fans, but it doesn't make any sense to have a primetime matchup on one side and you're not showing it. You have it on one of your pay-per-view networks, or or you have United versus you know a low low, low league team, and you're like, what? It's going to be a seven nothing game. Why are we watching this game? This is stupid, and it drives me crazy every time I do this. Yeah. But you know, I mean, I guess I get it, but that pisses me off every time. I'm like, come on. <laughs> I gotta find a way to watch this game, listen on the radio or something, but it's ridiculous. Well, you've got a lot of you have a lot of Spanish-speaking fans in your country as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, I think the most spoken language, actually. Yeah, so they'd want to they'd want to watch um, Barcelona Real Madrid or something, wouldn't they? Well, yeah. I mean, to be fair, they do show a lot of the Barcelona and uh, Real Madrid games as well. But I mean, when you got another when you got like, a big matchups, no matter who it is, what country it is, you should show it over you know a top team versus a, a bottom feeder, you know, yeah, in, in respects to talent. So, I mean, I don't know. It, I would think you get better ratings if you had that, but who am I, you know? <laughs> uh, right, okay, well, that brings us to the end of everything I've got written down. Um, anything that anyone's got one to read? Richard, do you want to talk about Serie A sit-down a little bit? Yeah, I guess. No, no. No, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, Serie A sit-down, yeah, it's... Uh, you know, it's it's a fun thing to do because you know uh, you know I, I love Italian football and I feel that I feel that not enough uh, English speaking uh, Italian commentating is is going around. So it's you know anything we can do to help promote the game because I think Serie A was you know in its heydays in the nineties and stuff like that. And then and as of the last ten years or so, it's been down because not many people have paid attention to it really. I mean, it's you know Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga are getting all the love, and I think finally now Serie A is having such a a resurgence, you know, with these young players. I mean, the talent, the young talent in that league is is amazing, and the fact that we get to cover that Serie A sit down is amazing. I mean, we get all, all kinds of uh, great guests on, so you know, uh, anybody, everybody should take a listen at, at Serie A sit down, definitely on uh, on the World Football Index, and all I mean, your your podcast is great, and the other podcast we have on, on our on our network is great. But uh, this is the fact that I get to talk about Italian soccer all the time and try to promote a game while it's in its resurgence. In my opinion, it's it's fantastic. The Roma guy you had on this week was very interesting. John Solano, yes. He's from Roma Press, and he also writes uh, for uh, the Roma Roma English page. Um, and he's fantastic. A lot of knowledge. You know, it was great to get analyze uh, Roma because he, he actually talked about, you know, Roma's been known to, you know, drop that other shoe, as you will, you know, to start out great and then blow up. They just blow yeah. up. You know, yeah. the, the 7-1 defeat to Bayern Munich is an example. Every year, Roma has been doing this. And the fact that, you know, he's to hear it from a Roma's perspective – it's it's nice to see because it's not just the outsiders looking in. It's you can also see the insiders how they feel about how about their team, you know. And this upcoming week we got a guy from Napoli, so I'm, I'm I'm curious to see how he feels about the Real Madrid game and how they how they're doing this season and the young talent they have on their squad. So uh, yeah, it's it's good stuff. Cool. Okay, uh, Ross, have you got anything you want to plug at the minute? Um, uh, there's another Football Manager podcast recorded next Sunday with me, and Alex. Um, What's that? This Sunday coming or the week after? Week after, yeah. Um, okay, that's kind of all, anything I've got on the plan at the minute, basically. Nothing football pinky. Uh, yeah, I've got my next part of my Leeds uh, career save going up 
hopefully this week. I've just got to send over to Mark, put the final, get the uh, screenshots saved and uh, edited and sent over to him. Okay, excellent. Uh, Man of the Post is part of the World Football Index, as Richard said. So you get podcasts there. Uh, obviously, you get the Italian podcast. You get podcasts from Germany, Russia, uh, Spain, North America, South America, tactics podcasts. Um, you were on the Pieces of Me podcast, weren't you? I was indeed. Good fun, that one. So that's basically where you pick your favourite 11 players, uh, but they must be retired. Yes, they must be retired. Do you want me to run through my team? You went for Jamie Oliver up front, didn't you? Jamie Oliver. <laughs> Go on, who's your team? Van Sar in goal. Uh, three at the back were Cannavaro, Woodgate and Nesta. I had Gattuso and Vieira as holding midfielders with Pavel Nedved and uh, Rui Costa as attacking midfielders. Playing behind the front three of Ronaldo, the Ronaldo, um, Mark Vaduca, and Alessandro Del Piero. It's very Italian. Yeah. It is very Italian, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Del Piero is a good choice. Oh, I love Del Piero. I had honourable mentions for uh, Andrei Shevchenko as well. Oh, good, good. The Milan. Which Andrei Shevchenko? The, the, the first era or second era? The, the, the original era, not the Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> the only era we, we think about. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, never go back. That's the rule of life. <laughs> okay. Um, Richard, if they want to follow you on Twitter, how do they do that? Oh, you can follow me at R underscore Carmen. That's K-H-A-R-M-A-N. And also you can follow me at Syria Sit Down. Okay. Ross, if they want to follow you? At Ross Bell 1984. And I'm four, no, two followers away from a thousand. I keep getting two. up to 999 and like three people <laughs> disappear. So annoying. <laughs> it's people that are afraid of palindromes. That's what it is. It is, yeah. Um, okay, uh, at Man of the Post is a Twitter and Instagram account for ourselves. Uh, Manofthepost.com. Has Ryan got something up? Football managery on the website. Uh, yeah, he's got his first piece um, of his Manchester City career save going up, and I'm, I'm assuming he'll have another piece up pretty soon, unless he's not too okay. busy with wedding plans. I think he's getting that way. <laughs> the panic will kick in soon. Yes, it will. <laughs> <laughs> it's my 10 year wedding anniversary next week, by the way. 10? 10 years. 10 years what am I this year I am 15 this year get less 20 years <laughs> honestly 20 years since I met my wife are you married oh. Richard I am yeah I'm, uh, I've been married for a year and uh, two months now a year oh, he's in the honeymoon period still Chris <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> not a grey hair on him well that's from work that's another story <laughs> excellent alright guys well thank you ever so much for coming on no problem thank you very much thank you for having me on you coming on again Richard Anytime you want. Good man. Excellent. Well, thank you ever so much for listening, everyone. And always remember to keep your man on the post. <laughs>